now. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be exceeding glad. You know, he says, having joy is a choice. Happiness is based off of things that happen, but you can make a decision every day to have the joy of the Lord be your strength. The joy of the Lord being your strength. Because the one thing about God is his love never fails. His love always remains. No matter what's going on, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances is, God's love never fails. And great is our God. Great is the Lord. His breath is in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise unto him, but we make a, a mindful decision, a heart decision that his love never fails. God's love never fails. Regardless of everything is going good, regardless if things are not going so good, God's love never fails. It never fails. God's love never fails. There's no end to his love. Can I tell you something? You don't even have to qualify for God's love. What? You don't even have to qualify for God's love. In fact, before you even knew that there was a God, before you ever came into the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God still loved you. God told me to tell you that. He says, God still loves you. I'm talking about you sitting there on the couch. I'm talking about you laying in the bed. I'm talking about you sitting there listening to this on the podcast. God loves you. In fact, he demonstrated his love towards us and for us in the fact that while we were still yet sinners, God sent his son Christ Jesus to die on the cross for us that we might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So, you know, when I was younger and I used to be in, in Sunday school, we used to sing a song about how Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I know Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Well, I'm on behalf of our Heavenly Father, I'm here to let you know that God loves you. And there's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from his love. Even if you are the most wicked, twisted, crazy, doing the most terrifying things, God loves you. I just needed to tell you, he said to share that with you, to remind you, I love you without conditions. Now, loving somebody without conditions does not mean that you condone everything that they do. What do you say? Say that again. Loving you without conditions does not mean that he condones everything you do. But even in the midst of everything that you're doing, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but it does not mean that he agrees with it at all. So today we're going to talk about something today. I tell you what, he said, I love you. I love you. Can I tell you this? We love you, but you don't know me. I don't have to know you to love you. I already made a decision in my heart. When I woke up, I'm going to love you no matter what. Even if you've done me wrong, I still love you. I, my, our relationship may be different, but I still love you. 
I don't, I don't, I don't buy, God doesn't put your who and your do. He loves you, period. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. He loves you unconditionally. And he said he wanted you to remind you of that. He loves you. And there's nothing you can do to make him stop. He loves you. And there's nowhere you can go that you can outrun. You cannot outrun the love of God. You can't outsend the love of God. You can't, you can't go so low that he won't, go, he won't go down with you. You can't get so high that he won't sail with you. You can't get so wide that you can escape his love. God loves you in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Just receive that today. Just receive that fresh revelation of the fact that God loves me. Say that God loves me unconditionally. God loves me unconditionally in the name of Jesus. And you know, one of the, one of the things that the world needs the most is agape, unconditional love, the unconditional love of God. What is the one thing they push against the uh, most? The unconditional love of God. Because they, they say, I'm so unworthy, I'm so unworthy. God loved you before you was a, ever a twinkle in your mama's eye. God still loved you. And he still loves you right now. And he says, it's never too late for you to make a decision to receive my love. He said, all you have to do is just reach your hands out. Go ahead, reach your hands out and just receive his love. When you extend your hands out and receive his love, why is it important that you receive his love? Because you cannot give away something that you don't have. You cannot give away the love of God if you are not have not received the, the revelation of the love of God for yourself. It's impossible for you to give it out to somebody else. It's impossible. Not that it's hard. It's impossible. It can't happen. You will give them a worldly version of love, but it's not God's love. The world's definition of love is phileo. It means we might have something in common, but if you get on my last good nerve, I'm going to cut you off like bad credit. Erotic love means we have something in common because we both want to get with each other. But after the, after the, after the flame goes out, psh, I don't want nothing to do with you no more. But God kind of love, the agape kind of love is unconditional. It's unconditional. In the name of Jesus. Let's make this declaration and let's jump right into the word of God. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before we jump into that, hey, I want you to be praying for our city here. In, in the city of Ottawa, there is a, a freedom convoy that's going through our, our province. Well, went from one side of Canada all the way to the next in protest against the uh, vaccine ma mandate for the truckers and also for the rights, for other rights that the people, people are standing for. Now, regardless of what your position is on it, First, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 tells me I have a responsibility as a believer or a follower of Jesus Christ to make supplication, prayers, intercession, and give thanks unto all men, to kings and those in authority. Now, you may not know everything you need to pray concerning that situation. You might know what you hear on the news. You might know what you hear from this person or that person. But the Father says, Nobody knows everything 
concerning that situation. He says, that's why when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of, of the infilling of speaking in tongues, he says, when you pray it out, he says, you're praying out the mysteries, answers, and solutions, and you're praying God's most perfect will. Now, what we've been praying for is, first of all, that the people are safe. Second of all, that the adversary doesn't get a foothold into that situation and begin to cause unnecessary chaos that takes away from the whole purpose of them being here in the first place. And we're also praying because of the fact that Proverbs 21 and 1 says that God holds the heart of the kings in his hand and he turns it as he wills. But when we've been praying, we also been praying according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, which says, Father, may your kingdom come, your nature, your cause, your lifestyle, your will, your original tent, intent and purpose be done in this earth in the territory of Ottawa, in the territory of Canada, in the territory all across this nation. That is our prayer. Why? Because that is a prayer that we know God will answer. See, if you just begin to pray a whole bunch of stuff that does not line up with his kingdom way of doing things, he is under no obligation to answer that prayer. So he says, when you pray, Pray concerning that. So we're we're praying according to First Corinthians, as you were first uh, Timothy chapter two verses one through four. That says, first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving the thanks be made unto all men, to kings and those in authority, that we may live a quiet and peaceful life. For this is good and acceptable unto God our Savior, who would have all men to come into the knowledge of the truth, all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So you know what I've been praying for for our Prime Minister and members of the Parliament and the House of Commons, and for the special counsel, and for the magistrates, and all every elected and appointed official, that they come into the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we bind up every satanic and demonic force that's hindering them from coming into the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That they are surrounded, they surround themselves with men and women of integrity, men and women who have hearts after God, who will, who will yield to the spirit of God and give godly counsel to our elected officials. That the people who are there on the hill, who are even those who are protesting, are there and they're and they're sharing the gospel of the kingdom with one another. That they're that they're praying in unknown tongues that God's most perfect will will be done in that situation. That they're demonstrating the very love of God that we talk about so much, but do it in a tangible way, in such a way that man they will see. I want what it is that you have, and that there will be manifestations of the gifts and 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 manifestation of the Holy Spirit in that situation, that there will be a there will be miracle signs and wonders that will happen as a result of it. And the hearts of all the people will be softened towards one another because the adversary clearly knows that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So are we praying for? Absolutely. Are, are, are we praying for, uh, for both sides of it? Absolutely. One, the, the one side, the, the convoy and all that, that it be peaceful and that God's purpose and plans will be done. Are we praying for the prime minister and his cabinet that they will have ears and hearts open to receive what's being said? That they will own, that the people, leaders of the combo, uh, the representatives will only say what the Spirit of the Lord gives them to say, and they will only do what the Spirit of the Lord gives them to do. 
is not about picking sides. It's not about picking sides. Because God loves all of us. Even the ones sitting in parliament. Even the ones sitting on the outside of parliament protesting. He loves all of us. So our position is, what's my position? My position is God's position. Yeah, but you got to pick a side. Who I did pick a side. God said, who's on the Lord's side? I'm on the Lord's side. I'm, a, I'm about kingdom business. That's why it's so interesting that God has us here in the capital. Who will greater understand the kingdom than people who oper already operate in legislation and a kingdom? So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and we may serve, first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and give thanks unto all men, to kings, and those who in authority. Father God, we pray for every protester right now, in the name of Jesus, that they will have ears to hear and hearts open to receive your word, Father God, that they will only say what you tell them to say, do what you tell them to do, concerning the, the, the situation and circumstance concerning the vaccine and the mandates and the rights in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare right now in the name of Jesus that your will will be done in this situation in Ottawa as it is in heaven. We declare, Father God, that no weapon formed against us, the people shall prosper. Every tongue rose against them in judgment. We condemn and find to be in the wrong. We declare, Father God, that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Father God, and the members of Parliament and the House of Commons, Father God, and the magistrates and every elected appointed official will have ears to hear, Father God, for you hold the hearts of the kings in your hand and you turn them as you will. We declare, Father God, that anything that is unjust on earth or anything that's unjust in heaven, we declare to be unjust in heaven. And we petition the high courts of heaven and we command every unrighteous legislation, rule, and mandate, we command it to cease and dissipate and die in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that your will is being done, even in parliament right now, that th those who have been in the closet are coming out of the closet and they are declaring the gospel, that they are declaring your wisdom, your, your kingdom wisdom unto those in, a, in key positions right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, anything that needs to be overturned is being overturned, even right now in the name of Jesus. And anything that needs to be in place that pre prevents anybody going above and beyond the extent of the law is put in place that this situation and circumstance will never come up again. We know, Father God, that in these last days, there will be troubling times. But Father God, we also know that you, Jesus has already overcome the world. Therefore, we have already overcome the world by our faith in you. Father God, we will not back down, cave in and quit, but we will be about your kingdom business First and foremost, that is how you have commanded us to do. Therefore, that's what we will do in the name of Jesus. Not only in-house, but more so outside of the house in the name of Jesus. And we give you glory and give you honor and praise for it. Minister and angels, harvest and spirits, go forth down and cause that which we pray for to come to pass. As Satan, we bind you in every satanic and demonic force that's causing chaos, causing fear and confusion. We bind you in earth, therefore you are bound in heaven. We command you to cease in your maneuvers and desist in your operations right now. Your purposes, your plans, they will fail. They fail and they halt right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you in advance for the total manifestation of that which we pray for in Jesus' name. Amen. We will not give up. 
We will not quit. We will not be silent, but the things that we say and do have to be things that line up with the word of God. Every failure is a prayer failure first. Every victory is a prayer victory first. You got to win it in the spirit before you win it in the natural. Now, we're going to we're going to make this declaration. Yes, sir. He says he says you have to win it in the spirit first if you ever want to see it in the natural. If you don't see it in the spirit, you won't see it in the natural. That's what it means to be operating in faith. When you operate in faith, you've already seen the tangible manifestation in the spirit. So when you go and do what you're going to do, you already know that you already have the victory because you've already seen it in the spirit. And you got to trust God's timing because your timing is not God's timing. If you get out ahead of God, you will not get the results that you believe in God for. Even though you might have a word on the situation, you got ahead of God. You got to find out what would I, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do I handle this situation? You cannot just go out and do anything and expect to get God's results. It does not work that way. So what we're going to talk about tonight, man, I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed by it. If you want to be a world changer. Now, if you want to leave, let everything stay the way that it is, then you might want to go ahead and click off right now. But if you really want to change the, your world, your world, your sphere of influence, your home, your neighborhood, your community, your province, and your nation, you want to keep tuned in to this right here in the name of Jesus. Make this declaration that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, but that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, we give you glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. We thank you, Father God, that the words are our mouth and the meditation is our heart. Let it be acceptable in your sight. Now, Father, as we go forth in this word, Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, have your way. Continue to move up and down to each and every aisle, touch each and every household right now in the name of Jesus. That their faith not line them in the words of man, but in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Father, may you be glorified in all that we say and do. It's in your son Christ. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, over the last three weeks, we've been talking about the first week we talked about gonna do it God's way, where we made a decision that we are going to do it God's way according to the kingdom of God. Then the next week we talked about it works if you work it, talking about the word of God. The word of God does not work unless you work it. There's nothing wrong with the word. If you haven't made a decision to work the word, you won't get the results that the word has to say. Last week, we had it was simple. 
the title was, it couldn't be that simple. When we still talking about operating according to the kingdom of God, and God actually said last week, it's so simple, a child could do it. It's so simple that a child could do it. And this week, he gave me this title, and I'm like, what? And But when I started studying, when he started studying, and when spending time with God this week, he gave me this title. He says, if you don't, it won't. If you don't, it won't. I'm like, man, you know you're going to have to put that thing together. Because, we, again, we've been talking about, we said this earlier, how we've been talking about God, your kingdom, your nature, your lifestyle, your culture, your government, your ram, your reign, your rulership come that your will, your purposes, your original tent will be done in this territory so wherever you are wherever land is wherever you're physically positioned your desire or desire should be that god's nature and culture and lifestyle to rule and reign and ramp and rim should be done or, or his will should be done in that situation in that circumstance wherever you go on earth and it should be wherever you go it should be like on earth just like it is in heaven there's no chaos in heaven there's no shortages in heaven there's no sickness and disease in heaven there's no poverty and lack in heaven there's no divorce and, and anger and bitterness and resentment in heaven he says if it's not like that in heaven it should not be like that on earth but the only way that's going to happen is you have to get in line with god's word to bring it about nothing just happens. You say, well, if you say the kingdom of God is supposed to be like that, it's supposed to be like that on earth as it is in heaven. Why isn't it like that today? I'm so glad you asked that question because <laughs> I got an answer for you today in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus, when he was on earth, before he ascended, it says this in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it says, and he gave, talking about Jesus, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers to do what why did he give apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers he says to perfect or mature the saints for the work of the ministry to edify or to build the body of christ so god gave apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers to mature and to train the saints to mature and to train the saints to do what? Go about doing works of service in their homes, in their community, on their job, in the government, in Hollywood, or in, in, in uh, the music industry, in the seven pillars, wherever it is that there is a place to be, wherever people can be, God says, I have given you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to train you up to equip you so you can go out in your everyday life and do works of service to increase the body of Christ. If you are not doing that though, guess what's not gonna happen? The body of Christ will not increase. I know, right? It says the body of Christ will not increase. He says, so when you, when, pastors, prophets, evangelists, pastors, when apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers 
mature the saints or equip the saints to do the works of service in the ministry, to edify the body of Christ, how long are you going to do it? Until we all come in a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So we're going to do it until all of us come together on one accord about Christ, not about whether you wear white on the first Sunday, whether or not you know you lift up your right hand or you lift up your left hand. Man, I, I learned that people have 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 disagreements, you know, there's division in the body of Christ about this person has a theology system of this, this person has a theology system of that. And because they, but because they are, it's, it appears that they're on different ends of it, they don't want anything to do with one another. Can I tell you how, how crazy that is? Because I went to the father about that. And he says, at the end of the day, it comes down to my work. It comes down to my kingdom. So if you're arguing about the front or you're arguing about the back and, and, and you're arguing about the old, you're arguing about the new and you miss the whole point of I, I established my kingdom in the earth from the beginning. Man re rebelled against me and they yielded to the adversary and got over into the kingdom of darkness. I sent my son Jesus to restore the kingdom of God back into the earth. And I gave all authority, all power and my word and the Holy Spirit, everything that Adam had in the very beginning in the garden, you have today. And he says, now I need you, man and woman of God, to go forth and do works of service and, and bring it all together in a nutshell to build, build it up, up unity in the faith, in faith, in the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. He's telling you what the faith is in the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. So if you're not building up your faith in our total reliance, total dependency, total reliance on, and your knowledge, your, your information on the Son of God and to, and to a perfect man and to the mature nature, into a measure of stature, the fullness of Christ, why do you need to be able to have a unity or you need to build up your knowledge about the Son of God? that you will not be like little children being tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Every time something new comes out, it's not anything new because God says there's nothing new under the sun. But every time it sounds like there's something new, you run after this one, you run after that one, you run in after this. And guess what happens? You will get so busy doing a whole lot of stuff that you will not be blooming because you won't stay planted long enough for God to be able to grow you up. How can you help somebody else if you can't help yourself? You got to bloom where you're planted, but you got to stay planted long enough so you can bloom. It won't. It, 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 he says, it, if you don't, it won't. So if you won't allow yourself to mature and to be matured and equipped in the things of God, if you won't go out and do the works of service, then what won't happen is the body of Christ won't edify to the point where it could have been. So if you don't, it won't. That's number one. If you don't, it won't. Because you got to understand that there, there, are, there, are, there are, the adversary 
has actually has people who who are who who mimic as uh, ministers who are actually um, uh, being influenced by demonic forces. Because Satan himself can 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 make himself look like an angel of light. That's nothing. That's nothing new. And he actually has little 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 uh, people out there who are teaching doctrines of devils, and people are falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. He goes on and says, he says that you don't. He says that you're not tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait that what their whole goal is, is to deceive you and to get you off. But our responsibility is to speak the truth in love and for us to grow up in him, who in him, the son of God, which is the head, even Christ. So who is the head of the body? Christ. How many bodies are there? One. How many bodies is, what? how many churches are there? There's one church. When he comes back, he's coming back for one church. We're one body. We're not a disconnected, disconjointed body. Christ is the head. We as members in his body, we are one. We may not have the same function, but we still have the same head, regardless of where you are in the body. The other day I was in prayer and, and he asked, <laughs> God asked this question. He says, do you want to know why it's so important to pull down strongholds? Now, if you don't know what a stronghold is, a stronghold is a fortified pattern of thinking. He says, the reason why it's so important for you to pull down strongholds, even as a believer, is because it's impossible to help anyone who's not willing to let go of the fortified, guarded patterns of thinking. He says the reason why it's important for you to let go of strongholds, or pull down strongholds, is because it's impossible, not as hard to, it's impossible to help anyone who's not willing to let go of the fortified patterns of thinking. That's religious thinking too. That's thinking that, you know, this person is supposed to do that. And this person is supposed to do this. And this person, and, and God says, it's time out for all that. He says, they, and he goes on and says, he says, they will fight you tooth and nail to hang on to it, hang on to that fortified pattern of thinking, though you can clearly see it's destroying them. So if you got family members, loved ones, members in the body of Christ, friends that you know, people who are, who are call themselves being in different denominations are, are, are bound up in different kind of lifestyles. If you're wondering why it's hard for them to receive what it is that you have is because they have fortified patterns of thinking and they will fight you tooth and nail to hang on to it. He says, they are stubborn. They're stiff necked they're prideful to the point that they won't even listen to me when I'm trying to help them. So why be upset when you're being put off by the same people? I mean, I know as, as, as leaders, you can have conversations sometimes with people and 
And they like, I ain't trying to hear that. I don't want to know that. I don't care what the word of God said. I want to do this. And this is what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You know, we used to try to, you know, talk to them and not side. Now it's like, oh, okay. Why? Because if they already have a fortified pattern of thinking, no matter what you say, they are going to hold on to it. No matter what you say. Because God says, you're not the first one to try to have that conversation with. I try to have, the, I've been trying to have the conversation with them and they do, they do the same thing with me. He said, that's why I said, if anyone be sick among you, let them, who the sick among you, call the elders. Why? Because by that point, they've come to the end of themselves and are open to receive help. Up to that point, they're still trying to figure it out their own way and praying seems to be the last thing they need to do when it, it's actually the first thing they should do. What are they doing? They're stuck in their own reasoning. He says, and that person is stuck in a pattern. He said, they are, he said, you will be stuck in a pattern and you will think it's the devil trying to stop you. Or you will think it's this person or this person. If this person did this, then this would happen. If this person did do that, then that would happen. Not understanding that the reason why you're going around the same old mulberry bush is because of a fortified pattern of thinking that you have in your own heart. He says, that's why I also said, seek first the kingdom of God and walk in the way that is right before me and all these things will be added unto you. Not seeking the things, but seeking my way of doing and being right. When you make a decision to follow out the God's way, no matter what, you will get what God has to offer. He said this to me as I was driving. Actually, I was just before I left the house today and I was on my way to service today. He said this, he says, why are people fighting so hard to hold on to a system that's destined to fail? Why are people fighting so hard to hold on to a system that's destined, I've already prophesied, is destined to fail? He said, that's like somebody being, you know, uh, 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 talk about global warming. First it was global warming. Then it was, then it was, you know, global freezing. Now it's back to global warming. He said, that's try like trying to hold on to an earth and say, you know, we got to protect the atmosphere and, and the earth and the whole nine yards, not knowing that this earth has already been, has already been uh, well uh, prophesied that this earth is, is going to, is, is destined to fail. It's going, it's going to dissipate. It's going to go at some point in time, but there's going to be a new earth. And there's going to be a new heaven. So you're holding on to something that it daily it is dying. Is it because of all the smog and because of all the carbon and all that? No. What? Why is, is the earth destined to fail? Or why is the earth moaning and groaning? Because of sin. Because of sin. He says, share this with you. He said, he said in the quarter of Matthew chapter 24 and verse 6, he says this. 
I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and it says this. You will hear of wars and, rev and revolutions on every side. With more rumors of wars to come, don't panic or give in to your fears. For the breaking apart of the world's systems is destined to happen. He says, but it won't yet be the end. It will be an unfolding. Nation will go against will go to war against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be terrible earthquakes and horrible epidemics and famines in place at the place. This is how the birth pains, this is how the birth pains of the new age will begin. So all the things that you're seeing, and I like to I would be I would be lying to you if I told you after all this stuff goes goes away with the with the corona that you won't uh, you eventually won't see another uh, another pandemic of some type. Why? I didn't say that because that's what the word says. It says it's the beginning of these things that's, that's going to happen. But be of good cheer because God says my way is higher than that way. It doesn't matter what my economy. The heaven's economy is not based on the world's economy. Heaven's economy is never broke. Heaven's economy is never sick. Heaven's economy is never busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. He says, that's why I've been telling you to about teaching people about the kingdom of God. Because when you begin to teach people about the kingdom of God, you want to get your loved ones saved? Stop talking about them about born again. You want to get them saved? Teach them how to be how to get out of debt by Friday. Teach them how to get restoration in their family. Teach them how to how to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Teach them all those things. When you when they begin to see those things like that, not coming from, just from a, a, a apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, but remember Jesus gave the gifts to be able to equip the 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 a body to do the works of the service to increase the body of Christ. Do y'all see that? See, so if you're not seeing growth as fast as you want to see growth going on in your in your home, in your community, in your church, in your province, in your nation, don't look at everybody else. Look in the mirror and ask yourself, do I know how to do works of service so that I can go out and increase the body of Christ? And if you don't know, man, stick around because you're going to get taught that very, very soon. He says, if you already know that this world system is destined to fail why do you fight so hard to hold on to it he says i'm not even talking about just people in the world they don't know any different he says i'm talking about my the body of christ who has the who who has the kingdom of god on the inside of them and they're still trying to hold on to a system that is destined to fail and they have yet to step over and begin to operate according to the kingdom of god in my nature in my, in my culture, in my lifestyle, that my original intent and purpose, we build fulfilled in their territory. He says that as a man thinks in his heart in accordance to, uh, well, first of all, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, there's a way. I'm telling y'all, man, there's a way that seems right. It seems like the right thing to do, but he says, it seems like the right thing to do according to man he says but the end of their ways are the end of the ways that they think is right is death destruction failure sickness and disease he says he says because my ways are higher than your ways 
and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And people usually stop there. He says, but I didn't keep them from you. I told you what my ways was, Bert, because you did understand you tossed it aside. He says in, in Isaiah 55, 7, he says this. He says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. Let him return unto the Lord and God will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. He will treat you like your sin never happened. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He says, but as a man thinks in his heart, that's, that's who he becomes. As a man thinks in his heart, that's what, who he, that's what he will do. Why is that? Because in Proverbs chapter 4, 23, it says, Keep, guard your heart without diligence for out of your heart flows all the issues of life. If you don't have the kingdom of God on the inside of you, you will operate just like the world, even though you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you still have a worldly mindset. That's not God's. That's not God's perfect will for you. In fact, God says, if you really, how many people really, 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 really want to change the situation? Because guess what? If when this convoy, the freedom convoy is over and everybody goes home, if you have not taught the people how to op get one, get into the kingdom of God, and two, how to operate it according to the kingdom of God, God says nothing has changed. If you don't teach them how, I'm talking to apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, if you don't equip people to operate according to the kingdom of God, even though they have the kingdom of God on the inside of them, they have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, they have the word of God and everything. If you don't teach them how to operate according to the kingdom of God, nothing has changed. People get caught up on conversions. But Jesus didn't say, talk about conversions. Jesus talked about making disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple is a student. Teach them, teach them. In fact, he says this in Matthew 28. He says, if you really want to change the world, if you really want to do it my way, because I just told you my ways are higher than my, your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Your thought says, man, if I just protest long enough, then they'll just give me what it is I want. And if I just get the right person in there, they're going to get, but guess what? If you get somebody else in there and they don't have a kingdom of God or righteous mindset, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get, not as much, but some, some things you'll be 100% on board with it. Other things you will not be. But you haven't changed the ideology. You haven't changed the root. You may not see the fruit, but you have not changed the root. It's still the same. Who did Jesus go to when Jesus was here on the earth? Who did he go to to try to teach the kingdom? He went to the Jews. Then he, then he opened it up to everyday people. He didn't go, it wasn't just open to church folk. It just wasn't open to those who were in the synagogue. 
It wasn't just open to those who was on his, on his Facebook page. It wasn't open to those who was on his LinkedIn. It wasn't open to those who was just in his household. He taught the, he taught the word of God. He taught the kingdom of God. Can I ask you a question? What did Jesus teach? What did Jesus preach? What did he go from city to city, from town to town, preaching? The kingdom of God is at hand. What did he tell the disciples to do? Go from town to town and preach the kingdom of God is at hand. How many times did Jesus talk about born again? To someone other than his disciples. One time. So why does the church spend all the time talking about born again, but very little talking about the kingdom? If I love you, I will tell you, yeah, you got to be born again. But the reason why you got to be born again is because until you're born again, the kingdom of God is not on the inside of you. That's why I will talk to you about being born again, because until you get born again, the kingdom of God is not on the inside of you. If I don't go out, if I don't go and teach you about the kingdom, if I don't train you all how to go out and teach people about the kingdom, I am not doing what God sent us here to do. He says, you want to change the world? He said, I'm going to show you how. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. People get this. How many people know there's one church? He's coming back for one church. One. Not churches. One church. He says this. He said, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye. Hold it. Who's ye? Go ye and teach all nations. Jesus says, he's talking to his disciples. And if you are in Christ, guess what? You wanted his disciples too. He says, I'm telling you, if you want to change the world, I'm going to tell you how to do it. This is what you got to do. He says, I want you to go and I want you to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever it is I have commanded you. He says, so what I want you to do because all authority has been given to me and because you and me, you have all authority. And what I want what you, your command, not a suggestion, your command is to go and teach all nations and baptize them. Baptize them, or submerge them in, or, or put them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or incorporate in their life all the things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even into the end of this age. Now, if I'm going to go out and teach what and make disciples like he told me to, like he commanded me to, then I'm going to have to find out what is it that he taught. Well, number one, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, what did he do? He told them to go preach the kingdom. Matthew chapter 7, verse 10 says, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, 
raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you, you have received, freely give. What? What did Jesus say? He says, I'm telling you, I'm telling each, if you, if you have named the name of the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, your responsibility, your charge is to go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And once you preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you should expect to heal the sick. It didn't say pray for the sick. It says heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the devils, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely you give. What else did he command them to do? He also command, he gave them a commandment of love. He told him in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, he says this, and one of the scribes came and heard, heard about uh, them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? And Jesus answered, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, or hear, O Canada, or United States, or Israel, or wherever you're at in the world. The Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second one is, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Hey, let me simplify it according to John chapter 15. Jesus says, my commandment to you is to love others just like I loved you. The commandment you teach people is to love others just like I love you. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to preach the kingdom. After I preach the kingdom, guess what they're supposed to be? They're supposed to be a demonstration. So if, there, if I, once I said the kingdom of God is at hand and somebody talked about that they sick, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to heal the sick. Do you believe that God will heal you because the kingdom of God is at hand? All authority has been given unto me and he gave me authority right now to heal you. Now, by, and then you speak whatever words God gives you to say concerning that person. If that person is, it needs to be cleansed, then hey, by the authority that's been given to me, we're gonna we're gonna cleanse you. But if that, that person is dead and God give to give you instruction to, to speak to that body, command it to raise up and then life be given back into that body, then you do it. If he if you go somewhere and somebody is, is, is has a demonic force, now everything that so every act of crazy is not a devil. Sometimes that person just got crazy, fortified patterns of thinking has nothing to do with the devil. The devil may have influenced them, but they, they walked around that track so long, they have a fortified pattern or a groove in their head that their thought is on loop. So what, he, what are they supposed to go out and do? Preach the kingdom, teach about the commandment of love. Preach the kingdom, preach about the commandment of love. What else are you going to tell them? You must be born again. You must be born again. Glory to God. Are y'all getting anything out of it? I know you are. Glory to God. Now, he says this to, to Nicodemus. He says, Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Now there was a man 
of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the, of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher for no man can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. This is what Nicodemus said about now Nicodemus is a, is a part he is a high priest but he's coming to Jesus by night and said man we know God's with you because can't nobody can't nobody do the things you're doing unless God be with him can't nobody teach this way and, and have signs to follow unless God be with him so what did Jesus do Jesus taught the kingdom of God and then there was a demonstration what did Jesus tell us to do? He says, go and teach the kingdom of God and there will be a demonstration. Until you preach the kingdom of God, you why would you expect there to be a, a signs and wonders and miracles and you not even teaching what he told you to teach? You're not even preaching the gospel Jesus preached. But you want Jesus' results and not preach what Jesus preached. How are you going to say you follow Jesus if you don't even preach what he preached? Jesus didn't preach born again. When they talked about faith, faith operate in the kingdom of God. Grace is a part of the kingdom of God. Favor, which is also part of the kingdom of God. Healing, also part of the kingdom of God. Deliverance, also part of the kingdom of God. All those benefits are in the kingdom of God. But if I only talk about that, but I don't talk about the kingdom, guess what? I have, I have broken pieces off of it, and you got a piece, and you still going to get busted upside your head. I got to teach you about the kingdom. So what did Jesus say after Nicodemus said it? Jesus answered him and said to, this, said to him, Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, or he cannot see, I understand, God's way of doing and being right. Nicodemus, now he is a priest. He says this, he says, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter the second time into his mother's womb. Jesus is talking spiritual. Nicodemus is talking physical. If all you do is, is focus your, your actions and your responses based off of what you can see in the natural, you are not walking by faith. And faith is the currency of the kingdom. You are walking by sight. Jesus said to him again, I say unto you, unless one is born of water, that word water there represents the word. Remember how I said in Ephesians, it says, by the washing of the word, by the washing of the word, which is by the washing, which is the word of God. So you're talking, now are you clean by the word that you heard according to John chapter 15? The, he's talking about the word. He says, unless one is born of water, the word and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So unless you have the word and you have the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's why it says that which is born of the flesh is of the flesh and that which is born of the spirit is of the spirit. You must be born again. In order to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again. In order to comprehend the things of the kingdom of God, you must be born again. 
And Jesus didn't even stop there. He even told him, how do you get born again? He told him this in, in John chapter three. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Who was the son that he gave? Christ. That whoso believeth in him should not perish, but have, ever, have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made whole. So if you are not preaching and teaching and equipping saints to go forth to do the works of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ, teaching them how to go out and make disciples, making disciples, teaching them, teaching people whatever he has commanded you, commanded you about preaching the kingdom of God, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils. And if you're not talking to them about the commandment of love, to love others just as he has loved you. And teaching them that person that you must be born again. You are not going to change the world around you. You're not going to have the effect, even though he planted you here for such a time as this, you will have little to no effect. I'm talking about even in your local church, you will have little to no effect. The devil don't care nothing about you preaching, talking about preaching in the sheaves and all that other good stuff. The only, when the, you want to know when the adversary is going to come? If you go back and read Mark chapter four, and it talks about when Jesus was talking about the kingdom, he says, once he, they, he started talking about the kingdom, the adversary came immediately to get the word about the kingdom. He don't care if you arguing about the fact of what color you should wear and, and this, that, none, none of that matters. The only thing he, he can't resist is the kingdom. And the kingdom of God in accordance to Luke 17 and 20, he says that the kingdom of God is in you. Luke chapter 17, verse 21. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. But the only way the kingdom of God is within you is if you are born again. The only way you're going to change your, your house, change your community, change your province and your nation is by being a world changer like Jesus told you. God's ways are not your ways. You can protest today. You can protest tomorrow. You can protest next week. You can protest next month. You can protest next year. But if you don't teach people how to operate according to the kingdom, you can protest about a system that's destined to fail. Or you can stand, you can be praying for them, but you also teach people how to operate according to the kingdom. If you're not teaching people how to operate according to the kingdom beyond binding and loosing, but principles about walking in love, because you can't have talking about the kingdom without talking in about walking in love because the two go together. And if you're not operating in love, you're not you won't pray according to the kingdom because your prayers will be selfish. 
So you said, man, if that's the case, how do I get born again? It's simple. Turn on with me over to Romans chapter 10, verses chapter eight. I mean, Romans chapter 10, verse number eight. It says this, it says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart, it's in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, right standing, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, you got to understand the kingdom of God is voice activated. You can't just sit there and say nothing and expect your situation to change. You have to open your mouth, but you got to get the word of God in your heart. But all that begins with, be, with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that with us right now. It's the simplest thing you can do. See, remember we talked about last week? It's so simple. Child can do it. And this is how it goes. It says, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I receive the kingdom of God now. I receive the Holy Spirit right now. I receive the love of God right now. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I'm made whole. Heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what happened? In the natural, it would look like, man, I don't, I mean, I, I still feel the same. Well, it's not based off a of feeling. If you sit, confess that with your mouth and you truly believe that in your heart, as soon as you said it, the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of you and the kingdom of God is now resident on the inside of you. You got to understand, you have never operated according to the kingdom of God. So what do I do next? Man, you got to get it in a in a word-based church that teaches about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you, man, how to operate according to the kingdom of God and also how to walk in the love of God in a tangible way. Man, we believe Ignite is that place. So if you're in the Ottawa Greeley area, man, we love to have you come join us every Saturday evening at 5 p.m. Every Saturday at 5 p.m. where we'll be teaching about the kingdom of God, how to operate according to the love of God. And we're going to be equipping you to do works of service to go out to increase the body of Christ. Also, we're going to, if you're not, if you're too far and you can only watch us online, man, catch us online every Saturday again at 5 p.m. or by YouTube, by Twitter, by Facebook, whatever the case may be, whatever, wherever means you can watch this, man, by all means, jump on. And if you're still too far away, man, we got a podcast, a YouTube channel, all that. You can look it up at Ignite with the number two to life uh, and Depot, and you will find us. And you can watch not only this broadcast, but you can watch 
all the broadcasts that we had before. So on behalf of Ministers UN and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us this evening. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. And now remember, if you don't, it won't. If you don't get born again, you won't be able to understand the kingdom of God. If you don't make disciples, then it will be hard to change your world around you. God bless you. Have a great night. Bye-bye.